Welcome to the Masters of Data podcast, the podcast that brings the human to data. I'm your host, Gwyneth Newton. Today, our guest is my dad. His job is to give me candy. He told me to say that he is great and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> what I really want to talk about is what I got for Christmas. So I got Welcome to the Masters of Data podcast and Happy New Year 2019. By the way, before we start, if you hear crows in the background, apparently there is a crow outing going on at my house. I mean, by the way, did you know that a flock of crows is called a murder? I may never emerge alive from this building. I'm also getting over a cold, so maybe they sense my weakness. Anyway... Uh, As this podcast has been gaining listeners, and thank you very much for listening, I get the same couple of questions. What have you learned, and where do I start listening? And I'd love to answer both of those questions this time around. So first of all, what did I learn? Well, first of all, I learned that podcasts are hard. They're a lot of fun, but they are hard. NPR makes it look easy. Thank you, NPR. And there's a couple of things I've had to learn to do while I've been doing the podcast. One of those is I read a lot of books. I've interviewed a lot of authors. That has been a lot of fun. And I've probably read more business books and more books in general that are not, you know, fictional books about, you know, a Game of Thrones universe or something like that than I've read in a very long time getting ready to interview people in this podcast. And that's been a great experience. Now, as part of that, I started off thinking that I was recruiting topics. So I wanted to learn more about data privacy or data trust or something like that. What I've realized is that I really need to recruit guests. What really makes a good podcast is recruit interesting people that have interesting things to say that relate to the other interesting people that I've already interviewed. It's really about recruiting guests, not topics. Now, more importantly than any of those things, what I've learned is that you can't really do this on your own. You need a lot of help. And I definitely want to thank some people. So first of all, at Sumo Logic, I want to thank Karen, Melissa, Tom, Jojo, and Jen for helping me get this going and being a part of this. And it's making it a lot of fun. And I think we're going to do great this year. And thank you for helping. And I also want to thank Resonate Recordings out of Lexington, Kentucky. John and Janelle and their team do really great work. And they make this podcast sound professional and amazing. A lot better than I could do on my own. Now, I do need to make one note that I edited this episode on my own, so do not judge them for this episode. But they do great work, and any of you who are thinking about uh, starting a podcast, and I didn't scare you off, go to those guys, Resonate Recordings, a really great place to start. Love those guys. Now, on to the bigger topic. For the second question, I'm really happy to say that we have over 25 awesome interviews and counting, and I totally understand how it is daunting to know where to start. I uh, plan on publishing a blog entry with all the links that we're going to be talking about, so uh, don't worry. Just let some of this kind of sink in and think about it, and then you can go uh, look for the specific episodes there. But what I wanted to do is walk through some major themes of the year and then tell you, uh, for the ones that you're interested in, who you could go listen to. So let's get going. So there's a few themes that kind of came out through the year. I mean, every single one of the guests were interesting 
and unique on their own. But there are a few things that really just emerged as interesting to me. You know, first of all, there was just the core bringing human to technology. You know, what I thought was going to be mostly a, a podcast around data really became just as much a podcast around humanity and humans and how we interact with data and technology. And as part of that, there's this really interesting kind of sub-theme there about the rise of the polymath. And I'll talk a little bit more about that. And this is something I'm really interested in lately and I'm going to be doing more on, which is how the new idea of the Renaissance person, the person with a lot of different interests, is uh, kind of coming back to the fore in the age of data and big data. Uh, you know, there's also obviously a lot of things about data, being that we're masters of data, around data bias, data trust, data privacy. Uh, you know, also making decisions with data. How do you use data in a real-world scenario? And particularly in this idea of a data-fueled economy, how do you use data to make better decisions? Now, as part of that, where do you get the data from? One thing I learned is that you can pretty much measure anything. And data comes from just about every anywhere. So we'll talk a little bit more about that. And then one of my favorite tropes of the entire year was artificial intelligence to artificial wisdom, really thinking about how AI should be working in this new age of data. So let's dig into a couple of these. And I'm going to mention some of these uh, people that I've interviewed. And I encourage you to go back and check out the episodes, the ones that interest you the most. Now, with bringing human to technology, really it was uh, the kind of Seminal interview for me of the entire year was Christian Modsberg. Uh, just fantastic guy. Um, he's the founder of RED Associates out of New York. Uh, and he wrote this fantastic book called Sense Making. And I really feel like it comes up in about every other interview I do because it's almost a treatise about human and technology and kind of the basis for a lot of the interviews we do in the show. And Christian just did a fantastic job in that book of really outlining the kind of philosophical uh, makeup of the argument in a way I don't think I could have done on my own. And it's really, uh, you know, added a lot of strength and vigor to, I think, the the arguments and discussions going into a lot of these interviews. And again, uh, it was great having him as one of the first interviews on the show. Now, Kind of the flip side of that, um, I had some really great discussions with, uh, you know, people that think about culture and technology and data in different ways. And one of the best ones there was really Sparks and Honey. Uh, Terry Young, the CEO there, talked to me and about measuring culture. And I, I really, that was not the kind of interview I might have expected in that scenario. Uh, just they, they really take a different way of looking at culture and how to measure it and how to, you know, really think about that from a data analytics perspective, but also human perspective. Now, one of the great parts of that interview as well is that led me to one of the former people at uh, Sparks and Honey, and she's now the uh, chief curiosity officer at um, L'Oreal Paris is Sarah Devonzo. And I just love the discussion with Sarah. She just has a great perspective. And really, she's the one that brought around this idea of what I call a polymath. But really, she was making a case for curiosity, the need to explore. She talks about this idea, uh, you know, when she gives speeches, and she talked about a little bit in our interview about what she calls the meh-pedemic, of people just not caring, that really there's um, over a third of Americans are uh, passionate basically about nothing. They really have nothing that they are passionately curious about. And that's kind of scary, right? And so she uh, really talks about the need to encourage curiosity and exploration. Now, moving on to another section, you know, one of the biggest uh, themes of the entire year was that data is biased. And so because of that, the algorithms are biased, partly because the... Um, people actually building the algorithms are biased. 
Now, there's a, a bunch of really good interviews for that. It actually came up in a whole bunch of interviews. But I think the key ones for you to listen to are, first of all, uh, you know, the guy who actually started me on this whole trip around uh, data bias, and he's actually done a lot of speaking on his own, is Christian Began, who's actually the CTO at Sumo Logic, where I work as well. And he gave a great overview in his session. So I definitely encourage you, if you haven't listened to any of the others, go take a listen to Christian. He's a great storyteller, and he did a really good job of introducing the topic. Now, once you have uh, got through Christian's interview, he actually talks about a bunch of different people in that uh, interview. He talks about um, uh, Christian Miasberg, which who I mentioned earlier, and he also talks about Kathy O'Neill, who definitely has the best book title that I've heard so far: "Weapons of Math Destruction." I mean, you got to you got to admit that is a fantastic book title: "Weapons of Math Destruction." And she was that is a really fun interview. Kathy is a lot of fun, but she also has a really distinct perspective around what algorithms that are poorly written and not well thought out and where the consequences are not well thought out, what they can do to our society. And she's had a lot of impact there. And it's a really great book to read. I definitely encourage you to read it. And the interview, we we went through a lot of things that are actually covered in her book. Now, on the flip side of that coin, I got to talk to Virginia Eubanks, who's a professor of political science at the University at Albany SUNY. And she's also the author of a great book called Automating Inequality. Now, I think this is a great book to read alongside The Weapons of Mass Destruction. Kathy O'Neill is a former data scientist. Well, she's still a data scientist. She understands the math of it, the computer science of it, and the impact of it. And I'd say that Virginia Eubanks is coming more from the human side, more from the social science side. And so she brings a different perspective to the same set of problems. And she focuses very much on how it's affecting the poor and the disadvantaged. And together, those two really give you a great sense of what's going on when people talk about biased data and biased algorithms. So I definitely encourage you to check that out. Now, moving on to one of the next themes of the year was really about making decisions with data. And I think this kind of comes up you know, across the board. You know, I would say that's part of talking about data bias. But in particular, in the workplace, had two really great interviews, which I think are a lot of fun, and two of the people that I had the most fun interviewing – one of those interviews was with Matt Ballantyne, who's the founder of Stamp over in the United Kingdom, and he's another podcaster on the WB40 podcast. He's a great guy, a lot of fun to talk to. And we talked about a lot of different things. It was probably one of the most wide, widely ranging discussions that I had. And one of the things that really stuck with me that as well is the fact that you decide from instinct. So it's not always based on data. You use the data to guide you. But a lot of what you do in business in particular is you have to decide on, you know, incomplete data. So some of that's going to be based on your gut. That's going to be based on your instincts. And really that also goes back again to Christian Modsberg who talks about the idea of uh, maturity and, and uh, mastering a subject and getting intuition as part of that. Another great interview was with Roberto Rigabon, who is a professor of applied economics at the MIT Sloan School of Business. Again, fantastic interview, a lot of fun. I don't think I've laughed that much uh, in any interview so far. And he has some really great perspectives as well. And one of the things he talks about is measuring ethical behavior. And can you actually measure ethical behavior? And if you can, how can you actually use that to change behavior within a company? And just had a great wide range of discussion around that. And I would definitely encourage you to go listen to that interview. Now, that kind of uh, moves us into another topic is the fact that you can really measure anything. Now, as I said with Roberto, you can measure ethics. You can measure what's going on in the business. And it's not always perfect, but you can actually measure that. 
Now, one of the most interesting interviews I had was really with um, about measuring flavor with Jason Cohen. I actually got to meet Jason Cohen in New York and then interviewed him a little later. And he is the CEO and founder of Analytical Flavor Systems. Just great guy, really great interview. And basically his company is turning machine learning and AI and data to flavor, being able to measure flavors and make better food products and better uh, drinks and all sorts of different things. So it's just really great interview and understanding how flavor can actually be measured and you can apply data science to that. And again, just a lot of fun. Uh, that interview published it right before Thanksgiving. Now, another thing that you can measure is climate change. So uh, I got to interview the uh, professor of uh, physics emeritus, Muller, who's at Berkeley. And um, he actually started the Berkeley Earth Project. And he kind of went from climate skeptic to climate hero. It was a, it was a really interesting interview. He's an uh, amazingly smart person who's had a long and uh, interesting career in physics and now in climate science. And uh, he really gives a good perspective about how you measure things and how you can actually apply appropriate data science and scientific thinking to making decisions and understanding the world around you. And I definitely encourage you to listen to that. Now, kind of on a com- in a completely different area, you can also measure politics. Uh, I, for one, am a politics junkie. Uh, the last couple of years have made for a very interesting time in U.S. politics, so I've definitely been interested in that. And I had the great honor of interviewing two very interesting people around politics. Uh, first, you know, a good friend of mine, Karen Robinson, who's a professor of political science at Hood College in Maryland. Uh, she actually talked a lot about how campaigns and uh, politicians use data as part of their process of trying to get elected and how they actually think about uh, their constituents and how they reach those constituents. And we followed that up a little later in the year with David Shore, uh, right before the midterm elections. He is a uh, the head of political data science at Civis Analytics. He's actually an Obama 2012 campaign alum. And so we talked a little bit about what he went through on that campaign and how he's been applying those learnings uh, as part of Civis Analytics now and how things are changing in the world of politics and really getting into the depth of that. Uh, and that is, a, again, great interview. David is a really interesting guy, and I definitely encourage you to listen to that. And Karen does a great job of giving an overview of uh, what's going on in political science as it pertains to data. Now, taking a completely different turn, another big topic of the year was around trust and data privacy. So I got to interview a lot of um, really interesting people there. I see this is one of the more applied areas that we talked about. Is like, how do you actually think about trust in the real world in real companies? The first interview I actually published was with Bill Burns, who is the chief trust officer at Informatica. Great guy, really interesting guy. He actually had uh, you know, a previous um, career at Netflix, and um, he did a lot of interesting things before that. He's had a great uh, you know, bird's eye view of security in the modern internet age. And I really encourage you to go listen to what Bill has to say about how you integrate the idea of trust and security and data privacy into a modern business. Now, I got to interview a couple of uh, other people that were really interesting in that regard as well. I mean, one is I got to interview our own chief security officer at Sumo Logic, George Gerchow. Awesome guy. Uh, he's a lot of fun to listen to, and he gave us a good idea of you know what it means to be a chief security officer. And uh, we also talked a little bit about GDPR, uh, the uh, data privacy regulations coming out of Europe. 
which also led me to another interview with a fantastic guy named Bill Mew, who is a uh, thought leader around data privacy and cloud in the United Kingdom and has a lot of really interesting ideas. And it's a great viewpoint on what it means for what GDPR and data privacy means in Europe. And I definitely encourage you to listen to uh, both of those interviews. And we will be hearing more from them in the new year. So look forward to that. Now, I also got the chance of talking to some people in the industry, uh, other people in the industry, about how they think about data privacy and data trust. So one of the really fun interviews was with Scott Vlamick, who is the co-founder of SmartThings. Scott was a really interesting guy to interview, really enjoyed that interview. And so we talk a lot about what it means to start his company, why they started it. But one of the interesting things to come out of that was the idea that, you know, SmartThings, actually they have these smart home hubs and other devices that live in your home. And to think about what that means from consumer trust when they have devices that are in your safe space and how do they build that trust and the things they've done to do that. And I think that's just a really interesting discussion you should listen to. I also got to talk to John Wisniewski at Pokemon. He's the Director of Information Security and Data Protection Officer there. And just coming at that from a completely different viewpoint of not just you know devices, but now um, who's interacting with your data and who's interacting with your products. And so in the case of Pokemon, there are fans of Pokemon across all ages, and in particularly children. So how do you think about data privacy and trust when some of your main customers and fans are children, and that parents are trusting you with their children's data and with their children's welfare? I mean, how do you think about that? I think that's just a great interview. Now, I also got the chance to talk to Sarah Guo, who is a partner at the uh, venture capital firm Greylock, And so when we talked to Sarah, we got to talk a little bit more about what it means, what data privacy and data trust mean early on in companies and how they're thinking about that and how they incorporate the kind of philosophies that Scott and John talk about early on at companies and how Sarah has helped those companies and mentored them to make the right decisions. Now, from the data privacy perspective, we also got chances to hear completely different perspectives as well, not just from the corporate world. So I definitely encourage you to go listen to Chris Dante's interview. He's a great guy that I've known for a long time, really interesting, has a great perspective. Uh, It was known as the most connected man on earth. And he has a different view of data privacy than maybe some of the other people had, because from his perspective, he sees it as more of an issue of this is the world we live in, and you need to be comfortable with that. So don't disconnect from that, and just assume that your data is out there. So I definitely encourage you to go listen to Chris. Um, he has a new book out, Don't Unplug, that you can check out as well. Uh, so we'll go listen to that, and you get a different perspective than what you might get from just the other side of protecting data, but also thinking about your own personal data and how to go about that. Now, finally, uh, I got a chance to talk to a lot of interesting people that are thinking about data and its implications in the real world. And in some sense, that's what all these uh, interviewees were thinking about. But in particular, got to talk to some people in uh, industries and see how they think about it. Now, another person at Christian Modsberg's company, the uh, RED Associates, was Bill Welser. Really interesting guy. Uh, a lot of fun to do that interview Um, has broad experience around technology and artificial intelligence, and he talks a lot about thinking about artificial intelligence as it connects to humanity and how how to better use artificial intelligence and how to better use data. So a lot of fun interview. He's a great guy. He also worked on Dinosaur Train, which is, you know, really the most important thing in my book, so definitely go check it out. 
Now, I also had the great honor of uh, interviewing Yoon Lee, who is uh, the uh, Senior Vice President, Division Head of Content and Services and Product Innovation at Samsung America. He's the one who actually started uh, the innovation office here in Silicon Valley in California for Samsung. Really, really interesting interview to hear how his thinking has evolved and changed over time as he's been leading innovation at Samsung and thinking about how to uh, kind of the next generation of devices and and apps and, uh, you know, how we'll interact with our devices and how you make the things that people really need, how you think about user experience and what users really need. And in particular, he he uh, coined this uh, term, which I love, about changing from artificial intelligence to artificial wisdom. And definitely go check that out if you're interested in technology and understanding, uh, you know, innovation and how people go about that. Now, I also got to talk to some other great thought leaders that were thinking about um, the applications of data in the real world. So in particular, Alistair Kroll, who's a serial entrepreneur and a thought leader that I've been following for a very long time. So I was really excited to get him on the program. Um, Alistair has uh, got his hands in a lot of different things. And he's thinking it both from applications of data and analytics to uh, startups and um, how you use it in the business world. And he's actually written a book about that, as well as thinking about how it would be used in the government. And he's actually had a lot of impact in, uh, in Canada around that. I also got to talk to uh, Karthik Krishnamurthy, who is a uh, senior vice president at Cognizant. And Cognizant does a lot of work around analytics and data. And uh, Karthik drives a lot of the strategy around that. And so you can hear another viewpoint about how data and analytics are impacting real companies in the real world. Now, in that same regard, I got to talk to Linda Holiday, who is the uh, uh, founder and CEO of Cydia that does um, work around content marketing and uh, placing content in new and interesting different ways. And Linda, in her own right, is just a very interesting person. She's really what I would call a living example of the polymath that I uh, discussed before. Just uh, has her hands on a lot of different things, uh, thinks about both design and technology, I definitely encourage you to listen to that one. So uh, as you can see, we've got a lot of different really interesting interviews, a lot of interesting people. Uh, You can kind of take your pick and go around and find the ones that are most interesting to you. Now, don't hesitate to reach out to me if you have questions. Uh, It's bennettsumologic.com, and I would love to hear your feedback and thinking about other people we could talk to and, and wanting to know more about the topics. Now, the great thing is, is that we have a lot of new things coming that you should be excited about in 2019. We're going to be talking about how data impacts education. We're going to be talking about um, some different ways that data impacts design. We're going to be having some trying some new uh, forms of uh, podcasting like live panels and uh, just doing some really uh, just trying to change it up and do some interesting things for the year. So again, reach out to us with feedback. Go rate us on your favorite podcast service, iTunes, Spotify, uh, whatever it is you use that helps people find us. Go check us out at mastersofdata.com. And thank you again for listening and have a great year. And I look forward to producing new episodes that are gonna, you're going to find interesting. Keep listening. Masters of Data is brought to you by Sumo Logic. Sumo Logic is a cloud-native machine data analytics platform delivering real-time continuous intelligence as a service to build, run, and secure modern applications. Sumo Logic empowers the people who power modern business. For more information, go to sumologic.com. 
For more on Masters of Data, go to mastersofdata.com and subscribe. And spread the word by rating us on iTunes or your favorite podcast app.